0: There we go. Well, come on in. We'll find a seat. Thank you for joining us today and and making this celebration a part of your Christmas week experience. I want to give a special welcome to anybody who might be tuning in online as well. We're live streaming uh, each of these services. If you're a guest here, my name is Evan. I'm one of the pastors here, and we have a gift bag available for you, so please uh, grab one of those on your way out, and if there's any way that we can connect with you, that we can be serving you right now. uh, Please give us a chance to introduce ourselves uh, to you after the the program as well. Uh, For our our typical Sunday attendance and for our our church members, if you'd like to give this morning, you can still do that through our offering uh, boxes in the back and uh, through using the, the website and the LCC app as well. Well, our theme for the program today is From Brokenness to Hope. It's a first century story For a 21st century world. And it's highlighting some things that we really need to hear this year in particular. So thank you for joining us. Please enjoy the program.
1: attempts to explain the world that are popular nowadays do not it seems to me do the job one school of thought says man's real problem is that society has failed him in some way people are bad because they are uneducated and if they were just instructed properly they would be a lot nicer to each other or would not do stupid things that get them into trouble or oh, folks falter because they
2: are poor Poverty causes crime, and if wealth were spread around a bit more evenly, then people wouldn't take things that did not belong to them. Eliminate ignorance and poverty, they say, and crime
3: would pretty much be eliminated too.
1: No, ignorance and poverty are not the problem. Neither education nor economics gets to the real root of man's woes.
4: Man is beautiful, but man is broken. There simply is no getting around it. Something has gone deeply wrong with us, and the problem is not in our education or in our pocketbooks or in our cultural context or in our genes. The evil in the world is not out there. It in us.
1: To December 20th. It's another Christmas, our usual decorations, our familiar songs, but it's 2020, right? A year that nothing has been familiar or usual. Now those words aren't gonna suit us to describe the year that we've had in 2020. Uh, we've got some new vocabulary words to think about, right? Words like pandemic, quarantine, social media, social distancing, social justice, racism and riots, violence and vaccines, hatred and hurricanes, lots of hurricanes, politics and polarization, masks and meanness. And well, those are the headline words that we got to learn this year. But probably most of us have our own set of personal vocabulary words that describe our 2020. Maybe words like distance, and disappointment, illness and isolation, cancellations and concerns, anxiety and anger, loss and loneliness, fear and fatigue. You know, we heard a lot about civil unrest out there, but maybe some of us spent time in civil court, maybe dealing with a child custody dispute. We heard about COVID for others, but maybe the real concern for you was cancer that you were diagnosed with this year. Yeah, this has been the story of 2020, but hey, it's, it's Christmas, right? And so whether we're sipping eggnog through our masks or we're Zoom calling around the Christmas tree, the old, old story of a baby born in a manger means as much today in the 21st century as it did in the first century. But what is that story really all about? You know, in the face of such serious moments that we've been facing this year, what are we supposed to get from the Christmas story that's supposed to really make much of a difference to us? Well, listen carefully as we describe this story, the story that takes our lives from brokenness to hope, right, a first century story for a 21st century world.
5: joy for the brave little boy who was gone but he made himself nothing well he gave up his life and he came here to die like a man so in heaven and earth and below every knee would bow and worship every tongue would proclaim that jesus he raised with He gave up his life and he came here to die like a man. Gather round, ye children, come listen to the old, old story of the power.
6: I'm <laughs>
1: What's that got to do with Christmas, right? All right, so the year is 1450 B.C., and we we Zoom call our way into the suburbs of Egypt. What do we find there? Well, we find people doing life, right? We find families and birthday parties. We find newborns and newlyweds. We also find famine and fears, some triumphs that live right alongside of some tragedies. We find one people group that's taking advantage of another people group. We find a system that serves one group, but it enslaves another one. We find wealth sitting right next to poverty. Sounds kind of familiar, doesn't it? All right, now fast forward from Egypt all the way to a little town of Bethlehem. It's the first century. What do we find there? Well, we find a a newlywed couple with a newborn. We find some shepherds that are out in the fields, earning a living, providing for their families. But that's not all, right? We also find a a controlling and brutal Roman Empire that's conquering the world and bringing all other people groups under their oppression. It's the age of Roman expansion. That time when a, a melting pot of people and tribes and nations will live under the imposed rule of the Caesars, and the Roman Senate. Riots, mobs, civil unrest filled the public squares. Debates about politics and government overreach whipped the crowds into a frenzy. Ethnic diversity was gripped with discrimination. And the world was divided into the haves and the have nots, the powerful and the oppressed. Add to that, it was a time of natural disasters and incurable disease. And this world was becoming more and more of a global setting that was feeling the weight of global problems. Brokenness, brokenness was everywhere. The Gospel of Matthew records it this way. The people dwelling in darkness have seen a great light. And for those dwelling in the region and shadow of death, on them... A light has dawned, right? Light was breaking into this broken and dark place. You know, they had protesters back then too. One of them was a guy named John the Baptist. He had come to proclaim a message that people needed to turn from their selfishness and turn back to God. So one day, John was interacting with this crowd that had gathered to hear him. And he he looked up. And he saw a particular man making his way through the audience. And somehow God gave him eyes to see who this man really was. And he pointed and said, behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. The Lamb? Well, which Lamb? Well, the Passover Lamb, the the Lamb that we just heard about in that last song. You see, the Christmas story isn't a different story than the Passover story. It's the same story. It's God doing what he needed to do to fix our broken world. So is the world getting better? You know, from the days of Egypt to the Roman Empire... To the nations of our day, our world seems powerless to reverse the grip of this darkness and escape its corrupting influence. As we enter the 21st century, we remember the century that we just exited, a century where more people died in wars than in any other century in human history. Our science and our technology that's connected us and it's cured us, it's the same technology that we use to kill us. The information age... Well, it's given birth to information rage and and most of us can't remember a time when people have seemed more angry. As weird as 2020 has been, perhaps it's just the next chapter that teaches us that there's really something very broken in our lives and in our world.
5: captor is no pharaoh on the Nile, our toil is neither mud, nor brick, nor sand, our ankles bear no calluses from chains, yet, Lord, we're bound imprisoned here we dwell in our own land deliver us deliver sins, they are more numerous than all the lambs we slay. Our shackles they were made by our own hands. Our toil is our atonement and our freedom yours to give. So young
7: story of brokenness started May 25th, 2017. It's the day that my middle son, Blake, took his own life and committed suicide. It was 421 in the morning. Britt, our youngest one, came and woke me up and said, Mom, the police are at Blake's house and they need to talk to you. And I don't have a good feeling about this.
8: Brokenness for me began with um, a hard childhood. I grew up in an abusive home where I often witnessed my siblings being physically abused by my father. And I often felt very scared and alone. I myself was not physically abused by my father, but I was sexually abused by him.
2: Starting in around 2004 years, I kind of had a perfect storm of events. And so I started struggling with depression. A a friend of mine who was my physician started trying antidepressants. Uh, This uh, eventually led to what I now refer to as 17 years of absolute, utter, dark chaos. Suicide became uh, 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 an idea that I thought was the only way I could end the chaos in my brain.
9: I went to college out in Eunice, Louisiana to go try to play baseball. And uh, it was the, the, the first time that I really tried a, a certain drug. And then that, uh, that took me down a journey. Uh, lived that party life. I was in the clubs in New Orleans uh, Thursday to Sunday, and sometimes the Monday to Tuesday. Um, and then I'd get a couple days of sleep, wake up, do it all over again. The drugs got so bad um, that I I legit, I should be dead.
3: So we struggled for six, seven years trying to get pregnant.
9: We're actually
4: uh, diagnosed with unexplained infertility, which basically, as the name says, It came to not be explained. There's no reason for it, it's not something about me, it's not something about Lisa, it's just not happening.
3: It was hard for me, um, especially as a woman, because it was hard to accept that I couldn't have a baby naturally. We thought that we wouldn't ever be able to hold a baby.
10: My life was broken, not so much because of what I did, because I was just a little boy, but it was broken Mostly in the area of what I would call family relationships uh, My mother mistreated us. Uh, she called us names often. She was extremely strong disciplinarian when I was uh, Living in the house as a young boy knocked me in the face with a broomstick uh, She kicked my sister down the stairs and almost my sister almost died from that uh, So we lived in a very broken house
4: the darkest time in my life was when my husband Pete decided to leave me for my best friend. The grief, the devastation, like being thrown away like a piece of trash was overwhelming. I lost my husband, my friends, my finances and was trying to raise a young son on my own. I just found myself completely devastated and broken.
1: Maybe your story sounds like Debbie's or Paul's, or maybe it's a story lived in the grip of some other form of fear or jealousy or insecurity. You know, whatever makes our story unique, it almost always features the fact that human life is broken. The hard part, the personally hard part, is recognizing that it's broken from the inside out. In his book, The Story of Reality, author Greg Kukul says, it's always convenient to point the finger elsewhere, at our environment, at our biology, at others, at God. But the fact remains, and and when we're honest with ourselves, we admit it. The brokenness in the world starts with the brokenness in us. You know, it's true that life is pretty hard out there and 2020 has certainly given us lots of fresh angles on that but the real help starts when we can see that the brokenness has found its way deep inside each one of us
11: so of science.
4: beginning of the light with what God was doing in my heart was a specific night. I was just interceding and praying and begging the Lord to fix what was broken, to restore my marriage, to convict the sin in my husband and my best friend. He comforted me in a place that not even my husband could do, not another man could do. And it was sweet
8: and it was bitter and it was sweet. I listened to Focus uh, Focus on the Family podcast on June 12th, 2012. And that is where hope came into my life. This woman talked about her abusive childhood and her marriage that was on a brink on the brink of divorce and how God came in and redeemed it all and that her and her husband were actually in ministry together for about 10 years and as i listened to that podcast in my car while sitting in my driveway at my house i thought If her God is the same as my God, then why not save me and why not save my marriage? So I went into my living room and I fell to my knees and I asked God to help me. I asked him to take away my anxiety. I just remember saying, help me, to save me. I really didn't even know what I needed. I just knew I needed him. I probably stayed on that living room floor for like an hour crying, but I felt hope for the first time out of nowhere and nothing had changed in my life except me asking for help.
9: The second day I was in that rehab, they started playing some, some Christian music in the beginning, some little gospel music, and, and the Lord used it. And uh, something happened with those, those songs, and uh, I physically got brought to my knees. And uh, the best way I can explain is for 20-something years, I had taken a deep breath. And after 20-something years, I finally felt like I could exhale
3: had to take a test and see how my levels of hormones were um, at the time and I woke up that day and underneath my cheeks and I'm gonna cry now and underneath um, my head and you know I had a feather and you know I just took the feather out of my hair and I just put it down and a verse from the Bible popped into my phone and the verse was Psalms 91, 4 and he read in Portuguese, Ele o cobrirá com as suas asas e debaixo dela você estará seguro and
4: in English it is He will cover you with his pinions or feathers and under his wings you find refuge
3: I knew at that time that I was pregnant and I knew that I would be able to have a baby one of the first scriptures was Isaiah 41
7: 10 that my youngest son Britt said and I didn't even know that he knew scripture and it was um, fear not do not be dismayed for I am the Lord your God and I will uphold you with my righteous right hand so I knew The Holy Spirit was with us, God was with us.
10: My eyes came across an article, and this is how the Holy Spirit works. And the article was about the return of the Lord Jesus. And suddenly, suddenly, it was as if I had been living in a dark place all those years. And I'm 28 years old at this time. And all of a sudden, the lights went on. And the first words that came out of my mouth pertaining to the validity and the truthfulness of the Word of God, The Bible was, it's all true. It's all true. It literally lit up my life. It's all true. I went outside and began to walk up and down Walmsley Avenue where we live. And I repeated this phrase and I didn't understand what it meant at the time. The war is over. The war is over. I knew that in a moment, my entire life was different in a flash. It was different. I didn't understand immediately what war was over, but I knew inside of me, although I didn't understand the theology of it, the war against myself, poor me. Why have they been mistreated? Why didn't I have this opportunity? Why don't people care for me? Why am I so uh, intimidated? All of that
2: was over in an instant, in an instant. Uh, God put a young man in my life and uh, he, he, uh in a small little group meeting pointed out that uh, he had gotten angry at God and no longer prayed. And when he said that he had gotten angry at God, I just, something on my inside just broke. And I I began to sob uncontrollably. And uh, I, I think that was the moment where God's light broke through that dark chaos. And, and, and I finally had a glimmer of hope.
6: reaching down
1: We travel through dark places like we just heard and we have a year like 2020 was for most of us it's kind of easy to ask the question where's God in all this right why doesn't God just come down here and fix this broken world well, while we're waiting for God to feel closer to our 21st century lives uh, we may be overlooking something Something huge that happened in the first century. God coming to us. God stepping into our stories and into our pain. That's the story of the Christ born in the manger. God came once to the darkness of this world so that in the future he could enter the brokenness of each one of our lives. The God who has already come. He now stands and issues an invitation calling us to come. And the incredible thing about this invitation is that no matter how wayward, no matter how weird, no matter how wandering our own personal story is, he calls us to come.
2: in the New Testament where the blind man is healed he didn't have any theology he didn't have any knowledge all he knew is he met a man named Jesus and that man saved his life and opened his eyes to see and, uh, and I've read plenty and I know the Bible some but all I can tell you is that I'm awake, alive aware, alert and present in the moment in a way I've never known in my life and it's because Jesus opened my eyes that day back in 2019
7: songs with good meaning have spoken to me and ministered to me and been balmed to my soul since Blake's death. Songs that we sang a lot, you know, and then all of a sudden the lights come on and then it's like, oh, you give and take away, but I will choose to say, blessed be your name,
9: let me tell you, my, my situation, if you looked at me in 2002 or three, and, and said, and see me like where I'm at now, you'd be like, no way. That's impossible. If it looked impossible, I would have said it was impossible. I would never be there. That's crazy. So all things are possible through him.
4: There's a favorite worship song that we used to sing when Matt Mason was our worship leader. And the song was, Set This Hope In Me that I might be pure and holy, that I might be completely free. And the next line is, though you slay me, I will hope because hope inspires my endurance. Hope is the anchor. God restored our marriage and he restored our family and he redeemed our Shepard family for his glory. And I am grateful to God for that. God's Promise
3: came through in the form of a beautiful little boy, someone that we dearly <laughs> love.
4: Sweet off. This we we just we thank God every day, like every, day, every day I pray with with this little baby here. His name is Lucas, and uh, I just thank God every day.
8: Sometimes when I'm in small group, I look around. And 25 or more people are gathered around that same spot where I first fell to my knees and asked the Lord to help me.
10: I understand a little bit about hopelessness, about brokenness, about living in a very dark and deep, dangerous place. But I also know that God is the God of hope.
1: It's true for each one of us every day of our lives because inherent to the human condition is a need for us to look outside of ourselves, to look forward to something, to believe something out there is gonna make things better in our lives. So the real question for I guess each of us is, what's the name of my hope? And what's the name of your hope? You know, right now, the, our names might be like Pfizer and Moderna, right? The hope that a vaccine's gonna finally show up in our world and gonna give us a better future gonna make things better in our lives you know in, in my household we have we've had a bunch of my kids graduate in the last year or so and a few more that are about to graduate from college in the next year or so it'd be easy for my kids to feel like you know hope has a name yet yeah, it's a college degree I've got a college degree my future is gonna be good because I've got an education or, or maybe it's just something as simple as my family is so looking forward to our vacation this spring. Or or maybe, maybe we're buying into the idea if we could just get rid of some of the toxic people in our world. You know, if I could get rid of that bad husband, that terrible marriage that I had, that well then I could, you know, see, hope's got a name for each one of us. I tell this story a lot because it's it's an engaging story from the scriptures. One day Jesus shows up in a a town and he meets a, a woman at a well outside the town. And, you know, she shows up that day in a moment when she probably thought nobody was going to be there. It's the heat of the day and no one goes to get water in that time of day. But she's a woman that's got stuff going on in her world. And Jesus has a conversation with her. You know, and part of the conversation followed stuff that sounded like she probably got it off a Twitter feed, you know, she brought up some religious topics that were the hot topics of the day and they talked through a little bit of that. But at some point the conversation turns to her personal story, her broken personal story. We find out in that moment that this is a woman who's had five husbands, and she's now living with a guy, giving it one more go with somebody else, but he's he's not her husband. And Jesus takes that moment, standing by that well, to introduce her to something. Something that she's really looking for. She came out there to get water because she was thirsty. And Jesus turned that idea to the inside of her. She said, you're thirsty on the inside. And he began to explain that he was this living water. And if you came to him and you drank from him, well, then you'd never thirst again. See, Jesus extended that he was the hope that she was looking for in her broken world. Listen, her story is our story, right? And author Greg Kuchel, in the book we've quoted from a couple of times, he says, man is beautiful, but man is broken. Something has gone deeply wrong with us. And the problem, it's not our education, it's not our pocketbooks, not our cultural contexts or our genes. The evil in this world world's not out there. It's in us. And listen, 2020 has been a great year to blame shift. I think we've gotten a lot of lessons in how to shift the blame to somebody else. Somebody else is the problem, right? The reason why my world's not going right is because somebody else is doing it wrong. It's, you know, it's that other political party. Uh, it's the other gender. They, they've got it wrong. It's, in, it's the other race, not my race. It's, it's the other race that's got this wrong. It's it's not me, it's my spouse that's making my world the way it is. It's not me, it's it's my boss that's making me so unhappy. Well, what if we could get in touch with the idea that, yeah, sure things are broken all around us, but the real issue is not the brokenness out there. What if the real issue is the brokenness that's in here? What if Jesus didn't need to show up for that woman at the well and fix the five men that were in her life? What if he could fix her? What if he could do something on the inside of her that could bring hope to her life? Well, I want to read one passage to you today from Romans chapter five, right? I'm going to stand up here so I can see this with you. Romans chapter five is the apostle Paul bringing hope to the first century and hope that's going to travel with us through every century, right? This is true today as it was in the first century. He said, therefore, Since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through him, we have also obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand. And we rejoice in hope of the glory of God. And then in verse 5, he says, and hope does not put us to shame or it doesn't disappoint us this kind of hope it doesn't let us down because God's love has been poured into our hearts by the Holy Spirit right so hope is this powerful thing that comes to us but you'll notice in this passage hope doesn't travel alone hope's got some companions that come with it that we need like peace This is the time of year we're all familiar with peace on earth and goodwill to men. But you know, before there can be peace on earth, before I can be at peace, really at peace with other people, I need to be at peace with God. You know, I didn't know that for a big portion of my life. It wasn't because I wasn't religious. It wasn't because I didn't go to church. I I didn't realize words like justification that's in this passage. That we could be justified meant that I wasn't in right standing with God. I thought I was pretty much okay. As a matter of fact, I thought God was okay with everybody in the world in his own way. But then when I started to read the Bible, I, I found out that that's not true. That there needs to be created a peace between us and God. And you know, just like hope has a name, peace has a name too peace comes through him. Therefore, since we've been justified by faith, we have peace with God through that same one who stood at that well with that woman, through our Lord Jesus Christ. Hope does have a name. It's a person. And and then there's this story here that we have access to something. That gives us hope. We have access to this thing called grace. That's a wonderful word in the Bible. If you have never studied it out a little bit, it's about God's goodness and God's favor and God's mercy coming to us even when we don't deserve it. It's what King David talked about in famous Psalm 23, where he said, surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. Hey, think about how valuable that would be in 2020 to know that no matter what we're going through, no matter how hard this has been, no matter what bad turn it might take next, I know this is true every day of my life. God's grace is coming after me. God's goodness is pursuing my life. But there's a reason why that's true. And it's not because of me. It's because my hope has a name. It's Jesus Christ who makes that possible. And then the last thing that this hope is attached to is the love of God poured into our hearts. Listen, love gets its own profile and we applaud love and we're grateful for love and we pursue love. And that woman at the well, she had been pursuing love five times over and she was giving it one more go, but she didn't have peace and hope and love in her own soul. See, the, the, the love that I'm really after It's not my wife's love. That's my wife over there, by the way. It's not my wife's love, ultimately. It's not my children's love, ultimately. It's not friends' love, ultimately. What my soul longs for is the love of God. I'm looking for the love of God. So this whole story of Christmas, it's about a person, right? Hope has a name. And that one person is the one who can bring us all these things. He can bring us peace with God. He can bring us grace into the darkest places of our lives. And he can pour his love out into our souls. Now, let me just say this. I've had the the joy and the privilege of being a pastor now for over 27 years. So I've, I've had my conversations at the well with people where their life is troubled and there's struggles and there's hard things going on and there's dark places that they're in. I got to say this, most of us when we get to that place, our our tendency is to look at everything that's broken around us and and sort of blame that. It's the circumstances. It's those people. It's my background. that I was mistreated. And so what we want is we want for everything out there to get fixed. But see, in this moment, what really needs to get fixed, yeah, all that stuff does need to get fixed. That's true. But what really needs to get fixed is in here. I need to be fixed from the inside out, and we heard some incredible stories. I had a hard time getting through listening to those stories, probably because I know all these people. And what's really interesting is I listened to them tell their stories. Some of them from years ago is I almost wouldn't know that about them at all unless they told me, because. They don't sound that way. They don't sound like they've been in a dark place. They don't sound like their life is under the weight of a crushing past. They sound like they have hope. That's the person I run into in the lobby and in conversations on a daily basis. Because this hope of God is so powerfully shown up in their lives. listen i got to be honest, when we thought about doing a Christmas musical at the end of the year here, it was hard for us to figure out how to do it. Social distancing, we couldn't have a choir do this. And I met with some of the leadership of the church and I said, there's no way we can miss the opportunity to communicate this message in this year. There's never been a year like this where our lives have featured so much brokenness in it, right? But there is this one who has a name. And he issues this invitation to all of us. He says, come to me, all you who are wearied and heavy laden. You're beaten up by life. Come to me. I will give you rest. Listen, all six of the folks that you heard from here, and probably that woman who could talk politics and talk religion with Jesus, already had a religious category. Maybe you already have a religious category too. Maybe the stories about the Bible are things that you're familiar with. But but unfortunately, I've seen so many of us, and I've lived some years of my own life where I knew the stories, but I was still broken in here. The story didn't go from out there to in here. Jesus stands today, and he issues us an invitation. It's not enough for us to know about him. It's not enough for us to even know some of the things that he did or things that he said. We, We need him. We need him to come into this heart of ours. His love needs to get experienced, poured out into us. Well, how does that happen? Well, we do that by faith. That's what that verse says. By faith, we receive grace. By faith, we've been made right with God. By faith, we, we open our lives to God. Not just the acknowledgement that he exists, but the giving of our lives to him. So I want to encourage you to do this. I want to encourage you to do this right now. Maybe if you're watching by live stream, I want to encourage you to do this right where you are. Every one of the stories that you heard in so many of our stories is that there came a moment in our lives where we needed to stop and by faith receive what Christ came to do to forgive our sins. I need to receive that and acknowledge it. I need to open my life to this savior and let him come into my heart with his love and change my world and give me a new hope and a new future and follow him for the rest of my life. How do you do that? Well, you pray a simple prayer like, like what I'm about to give you an opportunity to pray right now. And you tell God you want that to start right now, December 20th. You want that to start here today for you. Listen, no matter how broken your life is, if this morning you would like to respond to Christ that way, could everybody just bow their heads just for a moment? Those of you guys who are watching through live stream, just have a moment, you and God, where you can have a conversation with him. And I'm going to pray a prayer. It's the kind of prayer I prayed back in 1979 when hope came alive in my own soul. And if you'd like to pray that prayer as well, you pray these words to God. Lord Jesus, if I met you at a well one day and talked about my life, now I may not sound like that woman, but I've got my own categories that are just broken. Things that have gone wrong, things that I can't fix, things inside of me that are troubling, and I don't seem to have hope for the future of my life. But God, I'm hearing today, you are the hope specialist. You are the one who comes to us in our darkest places, and you pour your love out into our hearts. God, I believe that today. I want to have peace with you, so I ask you to forgive me. Forgive me. Live in life my own way. I know people have done things around me that are wrong, but I've done things that are wrong. And I need your forgiveness. Jesus I thank you for that forgiveness today I open my heart to you and I ask you to come come take up your life in me come pour out your love into my heart and Jesus do follow me all the days of my life bringing your goodness and your grace and your mercy into my life Lord, it's my heart's desire from this moment forward to follow you in jesus name amen amen well listen that hope connecting to our lives is why christmas exists it is god's intention to bring his joy back into our broken world and our broken lives personally Let's do this. Let's close with this last song that the team's going to lead us in. Familiar song. Let's sing it together. Joy to the world. Let's stand up together. us today. I want to thank all of you who have joined us through live stream today. Uh, if, If you would like to actually come join us for one of these celebrations, you'd like to bring back a friend, a family member, because this is a season when hope needs to be found, does it not? People need to experience the hope that Jesus Christ came to bring. So listen, if you know someone in your world who is trying to find hope, Bring them back with you. I think our, our next... Presentation is sold out, but we've got a presentation tonight at 7 p.m. that still has some room in it, and a presentation Monday night at 7 p.m. that also still has some room in it. We would love to have you be our guests, and if you're joining us live stream and there's somebody you'd like to bring, you can go on our website, lakeviewchristiancenter.com, and you can register there and get a seat before you come and bring your guests with you, and we would love to have you. Uh, if you're a guest with us today, Please take one of our gifts on the way out in the lobby, uh, just as a celebration token for you to take with you and to enjoy in the coming year. Merry Christmas to you and may joy and hope fill you and your family celebrations this year. Thank you so much. Love you guys.